another commercial break where I absolutely did not do what I was planning to do. What were you wanting to do? Edit this Brent Venables audio from Uh, the press conference. That's okay. We can do that next. Yeah, we'll do that in the next commercial break, which will probably be the commercial break where I I need to go heat up my coffee or something. So, (laughs) Uh, looking good. Um, Congratulations on your Chiefs. All right. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Sorry about your Chiefs. (laughs) My bad. Sorry about your Chiefs. But congratulations to the Chargers for really, really being bad and giving my Raiders a win. Dude. I don't buy any of the Justin Herbert stinks talk, but they're trying. You ever watch a game and you're like, I think they're trying to get him hurt. I feel like they're trying to get Justin Herbert hurt. (laughs) That's what I feel like. When you watch the Chargers play, it's almost as if, why does the general manager hate him right now? But I'm pretty happy, dude. Let's see if he can survive it. Come on, boys. No, that's a that's a nice win. That's really we needed it badly, and I thought you guys got hosed. To Matt Verderam's point, it's not about Cincinnati doing anything that is quote unquote figured out Kansas City. It's just that they the play Ch- well. They, they, they play, play well against Kansas. They City play. First they don't make the mistakes against Cincinnati, and and the Chiefs make mistakes. Are against Kansas City, and the Chiefs make mistakes against the Bengals. Yeah, if Kelsey hangs on to the football probably Kansas City's going to win that game. Instead, he fumbles, and it winds up being, you know, one of the biggest plays in the game. And Burrow, who, by the way, has kind of just been okay right? versus everybody else, he's somebody else, right? He's a Super Bowl quarterback versus Kansas City. He elevates his game, which you would expect, right, in these types of big-time matchups. So credit to them. Obviously, that's a really good team. They – uh have been deceiving at times, I think, with the way that they've sort of gone through the motions, especially early, right, starting 0-2, and Mm -hmm. obviously since they've been really, really good, and they've just got Kansas City's number right now. And Oh, by the way, two of those games are in Cincinnati. Um, Yeah. I think Cincinnati's going to win the North. I still like Kansas City if they play in the playoffs. I know that they've beaten Kansas City three times in a row, but if you tell me who's winning that game if those two match up again tomorrow – I'm taking Mahomes. I'm taking Kansas City. I have come to a um, – I don't know if Steeler fans agree with me. I haven't heard from Sooner Lisa or Sooner Terry or any of the diehard Steeler fans on this show yet. But I think Christmas Eve between the Raiders and the Steelers is going to be a playoff elimination game. I think both teams are going to go into that game 7-7. Seven and seven. I think – or actually, I think the Raiders would be 6-7. and seven. Um, And – I don't think the Jets are going to run away with anything with their 7-5 and five record. So, that's just a quick quick prediction on the NFL. I went from wanting Josh McDaniels fired to now thinking that they're going to put themselves in position again this year to play for the playoffs. What's wrong with me? Uh, one other note from the weekend, non-NFL related, and I saw the, the Brett McMurphy tweet, but Seth Luttrell got fired at North Texas. And I started to tweet something last night because I was just in utter shock. But then I realized something. North Texas isn't smart. So you have a guy that's committed to your program that, you know, Seth has been involved in all the fundraising that took place. I mean, they've have y'all have driven by it if you've gone down I-35 South. But they've got a brand-new practice facility. 
you know, Rin Baker was a part of that, but Seth came in and was integral in putting together the money to make that happen. Oh, by the way, he won. He's sent assistance to big-time D1 gigs, and he wants to be there. So I don't know if this was a case where you've got sometimes presidents where they finally get a little bit of power at a place like North Texas. They want to get a little bit too involved, so I can't help but think that's what happened here because that is that's a really bad move, and not just because he's a Sooner. I hope they find a spot for him here. Um, I, I saw some buzz last night on Twitter where some of the college football people thought that the backlash was so severe. You know, this could be one of those situations where, you know, North Texas might even reverse course. But Oh, I don't know if you can reverse course. I don't know if I've ever seen someone get fired and unfired. Now I've seen dudes resign or retire. The Costanza. But, right, exactly. But I've I never seen I've never seen that before. But I hope he ends up at OU. I think he'd be great for the staff. They love him. So this is uh, – you probably saw this tweet from Gabe Brooks that uh, was saying, seeing some North Texas folks perplexed by the Seth Luttrell news, and he tossed this out. Just a few numbers to consider that might have influenced the move. 0-7 in the postseason, 0-5 in bowls, 0-2 conference championship, 13 consecutive FBS non-conference losses, 11 consecutive group of five non-conference losses, and he's got other numbers too. I would just say to that – that's uh, because obviously we, we've got a way that we feel a lot of us about Seth Luttrell, right? Sure. We're Seth Luttrell homers to a certain degree or definitely Seth Luttrell supporters. I would say, yeah, that's all well and good, and that's true, and those numbers are damning to a certain degree. Absolutely. And there's just no getting around that. I would also say this. I mean, you're North Texas. Know who you are sometimes. I mean, I hate to be a jerk about it, but you're North Texas. So, I understand we're in an era where bowls are plentiful, but Seth Luttrell, even though they have lost every bowl he's coached in, has taken North Texas to now three straight bowls and six bowl games since 2016 as a program. As a program, North Texas had been to five bowl games before he took over. Let me repeat those numbers. Seth Luttrell took over a 1-11 football team in 2015. He has proceeded to lead North Texas, including this season, to six bowl games in those seven seasons. North Texas as a program had gone to five bowl games in their entire history. There you go. Listen, man, I'm not going to go out and – I'm trying to think of a way to put this that doesn't make me sound like a terrible person, but, you know, I'm I'm not in a world where I can go – here we go. I'm not in a world where I can just go buy a Jaguar. It's not me. I can't go buy a souped-out Ford F-150. But you give me an old gentry, uh, gently used lot. Let me go see my buddy Dallas over at Fowler. I could probably afford to get me a nice car. I kind of think North Texas is need, needs to realize they can go afford themselves a nice car. Uh, I'm th- the cynicism of Brett McMurphy's tweet was hilarious. North Carolina, uh, North Texas's targets for the next head coach: Nick Saban, Kirby Smart, <laughs> Sonny Dykes, Lincoln Riley, Jim Harbaugh, and Ryan Day.
The sources told Action Network. The fact that he tweeted that is just tremendous. Um, here's two quick ones on Seth Luttrell, by the way, off the Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. Sooner Dot writes, is Luttrell above the TU job? Might not go after him. Uh, here's one from the 918. I know a college in Tulsa looking for a head coach. Hello, Seth. TU fans, let's have a quick conversation here. And I'm not going to pretend to have a ton of inside sources like maybe maybe I did at one time. But it always seems problematic to me whenever your top candidate takes a job at an inferior program. Sorry, Kelly Danfoos, but and maybe this is me being a homer, but Tulsa's a better program than Texas State. It is. And if that's one of your targets, you shouldn't be fighting with Texas State to get G.J. Kinney. You shouldn't have – there should be no restrictions on any head coach that you want to hire. If you find a guy that is, in your opinion, the guy for this job, and let's see, you're looking at a program that just fired a guy, right? That is five and five, three and seven. I think we had an O for in there since he had a winning season. They're what eight and eight and eighteen over the last three years. I don't think you can be in a position of saying that, yeah, um, we want you, but here's what you've got to do. Sure, you're gonna have to in- you're going to interview the guy, and you're going to bring him in, and he's got to fit what you want in your culture. But I'm just reading the tea leaves here, Josh. It sounds to me like Tulsa's trying to force some things on guys. It sounds to me, if Kevin Wilson's no longer in the mix, if Barry Odom, who, I mean, from everything I've heard, really wanted the job, if he's removing his name, if Matt Wells – who there's never been a more slam dunk hire in the history of ever than the University of Tulsa hiring Matt Wells. It's, there's never been an easier hire to make, ever. It, it was like when Bill Self left ORU to go to Tulsa. Here is a guy that's lived in this state, has coached there, understands everything about it. Never been a more slam dunk hire. He pulls his name from the job. What's going on? Because most of the time, Whenever a name is pulled, someone's getting hired. Like, all right, they'll give you the satisfaction of withdrawing your name. Anybody get hired yet? No. Something's going on, and I don't like it. Yeah, they're not not hearing what they want to hear, obviously. I, either. The, maybe on both sides, right? Maybe I should be fair. Maybe I should calm down. But maybe it's more thorough than I thought. But I just – Britton Venables to OU was one of the greatest slam dunks – and we'll see how that works. We can go down the laundry list of slam dunks. Matt Wells to coach Tulsa was of all things. Might not have been your first choice, and that's fine. But was a slam freaking dunk. Now, uh, I know for Coach, there's a lot of things that he has, right? His family is his family's still in Lubbock. And I think he really enjoyed his time here at Norman. I think he's got a great relationship with Brent Venables. Maybe he's not ready. Well, I'm not going to say that. He's ready. <laughs> but maybe from a family perspective, it might not work out for Matt Wells. I don't know. But I, I do, man, I do think if you're if you're in any situation and you're saying you've got to keep this coach or 
this is how this is going to be done, and we're not going to spend money here or things of that nature. If that's what's going on here, then I really, really think there needs to be a reevaluation of the way that they're handling this. Because, and we love Garrick McGee. Garrick McGee shouldn't be a candidate for this job. Which is why I dig the idea that Seth Luttrell is out there. Maybe. Seth Luttrell is probably going to have an opportunity to be a, a high-level, if not coordinator, coach at a D1 school. It's just, I mean, Colorado just snagged a dude from Alabama on its coaching staff. So we're just getting started. Listen, today is welcome to portal season on the Plank Show. Today's the start of portal season. We'll get to assistant coach moving around season after signing day. Everyone's going to get their signing class in on the 20th or 21st, whenever it is, and, and then we'll get into assistant coaches and see where guys are going. Got to get that name on the dotted line first. Ink it up, and then we'll go shuffle central. I mean, every name that I got excited about for TU is either at somewhere else now or has pulled their name out. Uh, and I also think there's there's a couple people that are throwing information out there that don't know what they're talking about. But that's what happens in any coaching search. All right, good question here. I'm sorry. Didn't mean to get bogged down on TU. It's my alma mater. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping they get a great coach in there because I love that school very much. Uh, Brant writes, what are y'all's thoughts on the news that new safety uh, – the new – in three, two, one. The flip. The flip of Dea McCullough. Am I saying that right? Is it Dea? D-A-E-H. Do you think we will be getting his brother from the portal? Does this mean Bowen isn't coming? Thanks. Well, I don't know that his flip, is it official yet that he slipped to Oklahoma? We saw no. that they offered him. Okay, where's where's my recruiting lifeline? Where's Travis Davidson or Parker Thune right now? But I know that, see, there. so he's committed to Cincinnati. Brandon Hall and Jay Vali are working him. And it it seems to be looking good, especially when you consider that Cincinnati just hired Scott Satterfield, which, if I'm understanding correctly, not necessarily known as a dynamic recruiter. And who knows, maybe this kid ends up getting an offer from, from Wisconsin now that Luke Fickle is there. But I see this morning where he got fonged to OU. Now, pardon me if I'm a little bit hesitant on the fonging after the whole um, David A&M, Hicks David Hicks situation, but that seems to be good news. We've been we've been desensitized. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I would say that. Yeah, I think the idea that Deshaun is out in the portal right now, a very kind of Venables like frame. If, if you're if you're looking at him, comes in as one of the better playmakers from Indiana. So I, I find that to be interesting. I find that to be something in connecting dots. But no, I don't think anything of this nature would lead me to believe that Bowen is out. There's um, there's the post going around this morning that he's in Oklahoma's enrollment page. Oh, is that right? Yeah, for Peyton Bowen. Are we supposed to be like more secretive about that or something? I, probably, yeah. But look, it's out there, so... Um, yeah, Travis had sent us this morning uh, the note about hey, you know, keep an eye on, keep an eye on his brother, you know, in in, in Deshaun, and that might be a main reason why Daya and I, and I hope I'm saying that right. That might be the main reason why you're 
you're seeing these guys being um, getting as much attention as Oklahoma's given them. By the way, the younger McCullough, who would come in as a true freshman and, and likely be a safety, is a four-star guy. He was the number four guy in what the state of any. By the way, I can talk about him in a collegiate sense because, or in a high school sense, because he's still a high school player. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna get too caught up in talking about what he did in in high in high school when he spent two years on a college campus. But Dea seems to be pretty solid and a guy that you can develop. Uh, Deshaun, I mean, he's been a flat out stud at Indiana. So you're looking back at a guy that um, last season had an eight-tackle game, very, very active edge rusher. Let's see, where's his measurables at? Indiana doesn't put measurables on their website. What are we doing right now, boys? Um, but, yeah, edge rusher, big kid, tabbed one of 24-7 sports top true freshmen after week one. Played in 10 games with four starts. Do I have to say it? Is, is it contractually obligated to say? And he was a four-star recruit coming out of high school. <laughs> because isn't that the most important thing? And if I understand correctly, he'll have three seasons available. He'll come in as a sophomore. But, again, again, this is it. connecting dots. Maybe the idea is get Dan McCullough to come to Oklahoma, and then Deshaun might follow to play with his brother. You get an instant Big Ten recruit slash transfer that can help on the edge, get after the quarterback a bit, and you get maybe a developmental prospect in the back end, which at 6'2", 200, and I feel like every single guy that is talked about that's coming in as a backer is Cheetah. Oh, yeah, he's a perfect Cheetah. Even though I did talk to Ted Roof about inside-outside, and he, he said that's okay to say. Because I asked on a few guys, I'm like, is, uh, during the, the process of recruiting about inside and outside, if that's like a conversation piece. And Coach Rue was like, eh, you know, kind of not really. But if you're thinking outside, think Cheetah, right? I think more than anything else. And McCullough has that kind of size. The, the younger brother. <laughs> I don't know what the older brother guy is because for some reason, and he wears zero as a pass rusher. Oh, Toby's going to love that. Here you go. 6'5", 225. Schmitty could have some fun with that. 6'5", 225. Um, I, okay. If, if y'all see it on the OU database, I'm, I'm not smart enough to go in and, and dig. You guys are more sleuthy and savvy than I am at that point. Now, I can go to OCSN and find some arrest records whenever I can't get in touch with a friend like an absolute witch. But I'll, I'll trust you on that. On that front. One other quick one that just uh, came in. On a local note, Sooners offered Jacob Snyder, DB all-purpose kid from Bixby this weekend with a preferred walk-on. Kid has a nose for the ball. That's from Dot. Offered Rocky's kid, uh, Richie. Wait, hold on. R- Richie Kalmus is the older brother. <laughs> I'm going back to the days whenever I called uh, Jinx Trojan football, baby. But they offered Rocky's younger brother. I saw Jim in Arlington had sent us that tweet. If you're somebody that has lived the last whatever, however long you've been in Oklahoma, and there's ever been that complaint about recruiting Oklahoma guys or giving Oklahoma guys more of a look, 
That's coming to an end. Brent Venables is going to make sure that he can find his Rocky Kalmuses, his Teddy Laymans, um, Curtis Lofton, you know, dudes that dudes that are Oklahoma guys. That's they'll triple stamp the double stamp on that. Hey, go back, give it one more look. I want you to go back and look at this guy's tape one more time. And when they see something like the kid out of Bigsby, I think that's I think that's intriguing. So kudos to Jacob Snyder. Really popped to me whenever I watched him play Jinx. Well, like the kid a lot. The beautiful thing about name image likeness too is basically preferred walk-ons are scholarship players now if you want them to be. Are we sh- That seems to be pretty promising unless by the way Josh just sent me that screenshot that's making the rounds. Whoever sent this screenshot out, you've got me very triggered by the fact that you don't have your phone charged. Did you notice <laughs> yeah, that? Yeah, it's, it's like 0%. Uh, they searched Peyton Bowen, OU students, and there's Peyton Christopher Bowen. Yeah, you're right. They're living on the wild side up there. I mean, at Seaball, Oklahoma, you need to charge your phone. And <laughs> they they went ahead and searched the Notre Dame database, too, and there's there's no Peyton Bowen Yeah, because there. Di- didn't we learn that you can actually be enrolled a couple of places, and we've been fooled by that before? But I, can I – they want to bring in talented dudes. So when you're like, oh, you say six to eight guys from the portal, that's not enough. I'm like, well, yeah, but they brought in like 14 last year, and it – Kaysen, thank you. Um, they brought in a ton of dudes last year. That's Rocky Kalmus' son, Kaysen. Appreciate it. They brought in a ton of dudes out of the portal, and not all of them panned out, and everyone's like, C.J. Colden, C.J. Colden. All right, great. Now do L.V. Bunkley Shelton, right? While you're at it, let's do general booty. You know, it's it didn't work out. So I think you're going to see them be more committed to bringing in Younger dudes that they can establish and develop and going for home runs in the portal, not just filling spots. We've never said they're not going to go into the portal. It's just this idea that you're going to see 12, 13 dudes come in from the portal. I just, I don't think that's ever going to be this program. I think it's going to be very strategic, very topping off, if you will, of an already hot coffee. Have we taken our first break of the hour yet? No, we need to. Quick break. When we come back. Let's hear from Brent Venables. How does he feel about those players already in the portal? That's next on the Home of Sooner Fans. All right. Welcome back into the Plank Show. Update on the World Cup brought to you by All-American Roofing. We're watching Japan and Croatia knotted up at one. Baker Mayfield was, well, will be released today by the Carolina Panthers. Some are, some are pointing him towards San Francisco. This is where we have that reminder where it's really hard for a quarterback to come in midseason anywhere, especially with an offense and a coach that he's never played for. But San Fran for Baker, heck, I mean, the Rams are in pretty deep trouble. Though John Wofford looked affected, or whatever his name is, Wolford, thought he looked okay. He'll probably go for three bills against the Raiders on Thursday night. But, yeah, it's... So if you guys beat the Rams, your record is... Six and seven. Right there. I know. And then uh, Kansas City's the regular season finale for the Raiders. Well, you're going to be resting everyone. You'll have the one seed locked up by I then. don't think so. Not after losing to Cincinnati. No! Don't you say that! That's all part of the plan of six in a row. 
I'm letting myself believe. What a horrible, what a terrible place to be in, man. Where you're, you're so excited. You're like, this thing's turning around, and you just know. You just know how this play ends. Um, Boy, I, I want to add this before we hear from Brent Venables. Friday night was something, man. Not just with my beloved Washington Warriors clinching a spot in the state championship game. But I don't. I don't know if you guys can truly comprehend, for some people, how necessary that was. And let me explain. For those that are like, my gosh, what a terrible mindset to have. You mean they really need a loss? Yeah. Yeah. Because everyone kind of watched last – no one's really sat and watched USC this year. Let's just be fair. Even even the Colin Cowards of the world that want to – proclaim their greatness. Games are on too late. No one's paying true attention. There's a handful of people that do, right? But even if you, if you, uh, I'll give you, for instance, two of my favorite college football guys, Andy Staples and Ari Wasserman. Well, they probably start taping their podcast. You know, it's like, oh, well, let's just start taping. And they've said it. I, I get it. No one's really taken the time to, I think, watch USC this year and realize what we've been telling you from the first time we watched them against Fresno State. Holy smokes, it's a mirror image of what Oklahoma has been over the last five years. Mirror image. But all anyone was talking about, Josh, all anyone was talking about, see, got away from Oklahoma. They're 6-6 six and six now. USC is 10-1, and 10-2, playing for a spot, 11-1, and one, excuse me, playing for a spot in the, in the playoffs. And then the same old stuff happened. The same old thing. The same old thing that's happened for five straight years outside of one magical run against Georgia in a big game, the Sooners got housed because they weren't the physical team. And I and it was funny because there were a lot of USC fans that let me rephrase that. There was like the one or two active USC fans on on social media and then the bandwagon fans who disappeared because they lost. But they're like, keep building something. You just wait till you see the changes on defense. And literally to a man and woman, it was like, <laughs> okay, that's 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 cute. You know, you you go ahead with that belief this offseason. That's that's awesome to see because oh yeah, stuff ain't changing. This thing that you're frustrated with. You'll be frustrated with next year. And guess what? If and when they make a change, you're going to be frustrated with the guy they bring in. It's just, it's the reality. Welcome to our lives. And it was just, it sounds terrible to say, but I think it was something that Oklahoma Sooner fans kind of needed with a 6-6 six and six season, right? Watching things excel the way they did. A lot of people were talking noise, but didn't realize that's what we're trying to get away from. Right, I don't want Oklahoma to go to big games and get smoked. Don't want it to. What were what made Pete Carroll's teams great? Some say Matt Liner, Reggie Bush. You're right, Lindell White. Dude, they had some dudes on defense. Who was on the cover of Sports Illustrated? Their linebackers, Ray Maliuga. Remember him, bro? They had dudes. Clay Matthews. Who was the crazy guy that went to the Texans and had like 800 concussions? Dudes. 
Yeah, they were they were just awesome everywhere. Yeah, Lincoln doesn't really go get dudes on defense. So kind of felt a little different. I was texting with one of my buddies and I'm like, I, I know this is gonna sound terrible, and I and I root I really do. I'm I root for Lincoln. I said it. I root for USC. I want him to be good. I do. I don't want to see him fail. I know I probably just got kicked off the station. Brian Cushing, very good. Thank you. Thank you, 405. You won the elusive ham sandwich together. Brand B, you were second. But I, I, was, I was pretty happy on Friday night. I don't know why. I had to get up at 6 a.m. I don't know if I fell asleep until 2. I wasn't doing anything. I wasn't tweeting. I was reading all your tweets. <laughs> and it was just, I know it sounds terrible to say because I, I love those dudes. I really do. And. You know, watching watching Latrell McCutcheon not be able to tackle, watching the same stuff we had to deal with happen, okay, great moments, man. You want to make those trips, and you want to go to those games, and you want to win Heisman trophies. But, yeah, I was um, inordinately happy on Friday night, and I feel terrible saying that. I've just put it all on Washington winning the state semifinals and moving on to the finals in Class 2A. But there was there was there was some the the f Utah on the fingernails. I didn't have a problem. Caleb's an emotional dude. I didn't have a problem with it. You know, I love to see that passion. And people are oh look at this crybaby. I'm like, eh. <laughs> I literally cry almost at the national anthem every game. So I don't think I can call anyone a crybaby. <laughs> I'm literally in tears if my daughter says my name. So I can't make fun of anyone. But I don't know, Josh. I, I know that sounds terrible. Am I a bad person for admitting that? I was over-the-top happy watching USC get beat. I think that that speaks to how most Oklahoma fans were feeling. And in the way it did. After so many people, t- oh, this is different. You don't understand. This is L.A. This is different. This is different. And then hearing people say, well, it's just year one. <laughs> That's cute. It only gets worse. That's cute. It's only year one. All right, um... Let's do this. Quick break. Well, I'll come out of the break with Brent Venables answering the question about his roster. So I'm, I'm going – I know, I'm sorry. I'm going ESPN Selection Show with the Brent Venables audio from his presser. But I'll play it for you coming out of the break next right here on The Ref. All right. BV, Brent Venables, met with the media yesterday in advance of the Cheez-It Bowl – I mean, I feel like we've been so caught up in portal talk, I haven't even pointed out. Oklahoma's going to the Cheez-It Bowl to play Florida State, which will be fun because I think there'll be a lot of Florida State fans that make that trek. I really do. And I I also I'm excited to see some of the young guys. I didn't want to go to Arizona. And I I dig another opportunity to watch Team 128. And then you started noticing, oh boy, leading rusher, top 10 season running the football in Oklahoma Sooner history, Eric Gray out, Wanye Morris, Anton Harrison out, Jalen Redmond, interior of the defensive line out. Transfer portal guys so far don't really bother me because I didn't really have any of them earmarked for time outside of Theo Weiss. But Brent Venables talked about, you know, what the roster is going to look like for the bowl game and kind of how he feels about the portal yeah well i mean again we uh the, i think the guys that are um that are in the portal and will get in the portal uh 
We have Theo Weiss. Um, he's looking to be a starter somewhere. The other guys really have not been able to carve out a, a niche and, uh, you know, uh, did not contribute in any way uh, in regards to on-the-field play. Um, so, you know, the, the guys, you know, in regards to playing or be guys that have played, you know, all year, uh, Jay Red on defense um, is the one that is uh, – he's going to uh, get ready for the senior bowl. And he was in a, a group of guys that rotated, you know, all year. Uh, and then on offense, you know, fortunately, we've been able to, uh, to get uh, Javante Barnes um, really good time. And Marcus was a little bit banged up late, and we're hoping to have him back, uh, you know, there at, at running back as well. And, and then, again, the, the young offensive lineman, along with Tyler Guyton, uh, we'll have a good group of guys right there at tackle uh, that will be able to step in and do it. They'll do a great job. Uh, you know, they're just looking for opportunity. So uh, they'll have, you know, almost a spring ball's worth of, of practices, give or take around 17-plus practices uh, to be able to, to refine their skills and get ready for this game. And, again, have a great, great challenge. Uh, they're going to get baptized quickly. Jared Verse is one of the premier defensive end pass rushers in all the college football, and they're going to have length and speed and experience everywhere uh, on both sides of the ball. There you go. It it was pretty – I mean, you could take it how you want, but I, I kind of felt like we need to grab that clip. And played over and over whenever someone says, man, I hate to see that so-and-so went in the portal. I just – I feel like this needs to be added to our disclaimer, Josh, whenever we talk about the portal. Yeah, well, I mean, again, we uh, – I think the guys that are um, that are in the portal and will get in the portal, uh, we have Theo Weiss. Um, he's looking to be a starter somewhere. The other guys really have not been able to carve out a, a niche and, uh, you know, uh, did not contribute in any way. There you go. I kind of feel like that. It's harsh, but it's true, right? I'm sure, there were good guys. I'm sure, there were good dudes to be around. But in the end, what's the stat sheet combined look like, even including Theo E's, of all these guys that are in the portal? Not, not overly impressive. And I'm, I'm actually kind of excited to see those freshmen play on the offensive line. Right, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if there's going to be maybe a rotation at left tackle for this for this bowl game. You you hope not. You hope that it's one guy, right? Because that means they're playing well. Or or, or maybe their goal is. Yeah, I don't know how to put this, Josh, but I don't know if you've seen this revolutionary thing that the Las Vegas Raiders have done, where they're constantly rotating their offensive line. But maybe the plan going into it is uh, let's get Jacob Sexton. A quarter and let's give uh, Jacob white blanking line the other Jacob a quarter Taylor. Jacob Taylor thank you Jake Taylor or maybe Jake Taylor is a guy that's going to s- slide inside and play guard I don't know I think they'll both I think there's a chance they're both going to be starting in different spots so if we're projecting right now what we think the starting offensive line will look like for the bowl game that would be a true freshman at left tackle in Jacob Sexton right uh, I'm I'm assuming McCade Matar is still around, so you would have him or, gosh, maybe finally a Savion Bird getting an opportunity. Yeah, at a guard spot, Robert Conjol or maybe a Nate Anderson 
at center. Is Chris Murray going to play in the bowl game? I mean, I haven't heard anything. I would assume I he would will. I think so. We haven't heard any news to the opposite. But if not, maybe Jake Taylor at guard or then Tyler Guyton at, at one tackle. I mean, going to be different, but I'm, I'm kind of excited to see how that pans out. And, I mean, it kind of helps when I got an offensive line guru down there with me on the sidelines to help me. Where I go, was that good? He's like, no, that was terrible. Was that bad? No, that was actually pretty good. You know, it's sometimes your eyes can deceive you. But I'm excited for those young guys, man. I really am. And it could be beneficial for the start of next season. I know that we fell into the trap of, I think, getting way too carried away with what we saw positive from the Valero Alamo Bowl with mm-hmm. some of these younger uh, contributors. But that being said, I do think even though really what we saw in the Alamo Bowl did not translate to 2022 that, look, you'd much rather, I think, just have these guys get some experience before 2023, have that film out there for the offseason, then vice versa. It's still still behooves you, still better sets you up potentially to springboard into 2023, even though, look, what happened from the Alamo Bowl into this season would kind of beg the beg to differ, right? Would kind of mm-hmm. tell you the opposite. Yeah. Two quick tweets here. By the way, yes, Baker, Ian Rappaport has added to his report, which I'm not trying to like go Jason Smith and – Mike Harmon on you, but which it's kind of what we speculated and told you that Baker asked for his release and the Panthers are like, you know what? That's that's fine. And it's perceived it's perceived that he's gonna have several opportunities out there. So also also remember that if you sign him you have to release someone. But keep in mind that Niners did just sign Josh Johnson, so I don't I mean, I don't necessarily think you're looking at a situation where anyone's having to decide if they're going to keep their left tackle in order to bring in Baker Mayfield. So, we'll see. Um, I, so, I don't know if it's a slam dunk that he's going to San Francisco or not, but it's interesting. And, and then these uh, two quick ones. No problem with Theo. No problem with Theo looking to get more snaps. He's been a team guy and hope he finds a good home somewhere. Same way. Even, you know, whenever they asked him in the Strengthening Oklahoma interview, he had incredible he had incredible stuff to say about OU and what he thinks of the future. So I thought that was pretty cool. Here's a guy that knows he's on his way out, wants more of an opportunity to be a starter, but yet even on his way out, even with that weird Snapchat or whatever post it was where it was just broke up with the coaches. Yep. Looks like he worked. Uh or it looks like it's going to work out for him, and he had great things to say about the, the Sooners. Yeah, wasn't in any way, shape, or form trying to burn the place down on the way out. Yeah, and then um, for the 405, why is Nick Evers leaving? They need to show Bevel and Booty the portal door. Again, you, um, we have this conversation a lot. How many quarterbacks do you want on the roster? Because there's like nine now. And I'm okay with Dylan Gabriel and Jackson Arnold. And Micah Bowen, you're none of these guys that are in the portal right now are going to come to Oklahoma to back up Dylan Gabriel and then eventually be replaced by Jackson Arnold. Or as I said earlier, they're probably not coming here for a quarterback competition Period. either. They're looking, they're looking for either if they're if they have some some pool like a, a DJ Uyunglele May, 
Because when he's great, he's great. But when he's bad, holy smokes, is his bad bad. Leary from North Carolina State. Another one, right? I, I know people saw, covered wagons, get him here. It's like, why? So you could complain when he comes in and want, want to see Jackson Arnold? I mean, <laughs> I get it. You want to have the best players, but I don't. Brent Finnable said it, and I know it was before Nick Evers decided to transfer, but, I mean, Ralph Rucker never even dressed last year outside of home games. And Micah Bowen barely did. So I just – I don't think you're going to get what you want quarterback-wise out of the portal, friends. Just my reality. And probably it's my worth opinion. having a discussion if the new normal in college football is – Maybe you really only have two quarterbacks you can super trust. I mean, that's pretty much life. <laughs> it's pretty much life. Find me the quarterback situation that's three deep and you feel good about all three. It's just not reality. Probably not anymore. There's, it's just not real. Maybe back in the day you had you had a veteran. Maybe you had a, a, a guy that's grooming and you had a true freshman that was learning. Now That, that freshman's playing pretty quick, as we've learned. I wanted to get to a lot of names and a lot of tweets, but show's getting away from us. So quick break. We'll come back, get caught up. Got more from Brent Venables. Got our top five stories of the day. It's Portal Monday. Portal season starts now on the Plank Show. No new transfer portal news this morning for OU. There's been a couple of interesting, interesting notes, including Baker Mayfield, who got released by the Panthers today, though he asked for his release. Keaton Slovis is back in the transfer portal. I think he's been in there for a minute. But, all right, let me rephrase it. I think he's been in there before, so he, he kind of knows the surroundings. Yeah, maybe he will come be a backup at OU. He's sort of used to that. I don't want another pit quarterback here. I saw Bavis Devil. I Guys like Slovis, you think, should end up at places like North Texas or Oklahoma. Or Tulsa or yeah. somewhere like that. Yep, yep, yep. I will say an interesting team to watch in the quarterback portal is Oklahoma State because we still don't know as of you know 11 a.m. what Spencer Sanders is going to do because, yes, he actually has another year of eligibility. All right, quick break. Top five stories today. More from Brent Venables and a great day on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. All coming up in our final hour on a Monday. It's the Plank Show.